And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. Here he is, Michael Savage. The jury's decision involving Donald Trump. The jury of seven men and two women ordering Trump to pay E. Jean Carroll more than $83 million in damages for publicly defaming her repeatedly. Anyone who has a father, a brother, a husband, or a son in America today recognizes that it's open season on men. And this is a disaster for the legal system, for every male in the United States, in fact, for every person, liberal or conservative, in America. So I have faced cases, and I brought cases throughout my long career in radio, of defamation. And my attorney in these cases was uh, Daniel Horowitz, who's a friend of mine. Dan represented me, and he's very fair. I have bad news. I said, Dan, let me see if I'm quoting you correctly. My attorney, Daniel Horowitz, tells me that defamation law is very clear and that Trump cannot really appeal this case. But the verdict of the award, rather, the award, the amount of the award will likely be reduced to two to three million dollars. But the judgment itself stands. I said, Dan, is that correct? He just confirmed, yes. I said, what? And he said, yes. Trump is going to appeal the case, I said. I sent him another one. I just texted him again. And I said, Dan, I thought you said that he can't appeal the case. Dan then said, he can appeal it, but he will lose. He said, just like your case, Michael, they will appeal it, but they had nothing to win on. Appeals are granted on complex cases with unique issues, not on simple run-of-the-mill uh, cases. The juries are the voters in these cases. And Trump lost the election in front of the jury. And he said the courts are not going to overturn the vote of the people, meaning the jury, in this case. I said, what? He said, yes. He said they will not overturn it. He said, he said courts do not second guess fact decisions. They review legal errors, not factual determinations. Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers. I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Today we are speaking with Mr. Daniel Horowitz a noted certified criminal defense specialist 
in the state of California. He's a noted trial lawyer, a frequent legal commentator on CNN, MSNBC, The Nancy Grace Show. And of course, yours truly, Michael Savage. He's my personal attorney as well. In fact, he's the only attorney I trust, uh, as he knows. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about a very serious issue, obviously, not just schmoozing, which is the Trump lawsuits against him. The slew of lawsuits, particularly the the Georgia case, which is flawed for a number of reasons, according to Mr. Horowitz, which we'll get into. But before we begin, Dan, would you recommend that a child listening to the show like your son go into the law? Well, my wife and I talk about this. You know, it's combat. It's it's like saying, do you want your son to join the military? And um, actually, can I show you something along those lines? This is, yeah, I'm at, my, I'm at my, my parents' house. This is going home with my son. And that is um, your father's brother's uniform from World War II? No, this is my father's uniform from World War II. His brother's uniform. Let me see that again. That's dad's uniform? Yeah, he was in the Blackhawks. What, what is that, a, a bronze star? Yeah, yeah, or um, I forget which. It's a, I think it's a combat commendation. I don't think it's the bronze star. It's a meritorious service medal. Your father walked from Normandy all the way to Berlin, didn't he, with, with the army? Yeah, I forget, actually, you know, you have to ask Isaac. Get Isaac on the show and ask him. Um, that's, you know, he knows it. But it's you bring up his brother's uniform. We actually located it on the Internet. Obviously, the one he was in when he died was damaged. Oh, wait, your, your father's brother's uniform. Your father's brother was in, a Sherman t- was in a Sherman tank and killed? He was killed. He, you know, he served almost longer than anybody as lieutenant. Um, he was in, in his hospital bed. And when he heard about the Battle of the Bulge, he said, my men need me. And he, the doctor said, you can't leave. He said, bye. And um, he got incoming fire from the Germans. It hit the tank. And as he was pulling one of his guys to safety, I guess some shrapnel came through, whatever, killed him. Isaac has found on the Internet, first of all, the picture of his tank after it was hit. Um, pictures, he's, he just bought a book which arrived today from Thrift Books, which has the tank before it was hit. And he literally found on the internet um, Bernie Bernie Horowitz's belongings, his his uniform that was not hit, that, that is on that somebody actually was able to buy. And he's now trying to track the person down to see if we can get it, um, get it for my father. How do people buy the uniform of someone killed in World War II? You know, who knows, after Bernie died, the uniform might have been returned to his father and maybe his father didn't want it and just sold it to a used clothing store. Who knows? It was very painful. Um, you know, after Bernie died, his, his dad got diabetes, like with aliens, and my father just went crazy. Uh, you know, Bernie was, was he was, he was a, a leader. He was known as the Fighting Jew. That was his nickname. And he wrote letters, which I have, saying... My 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 men are proud. They know I'm a Jew and they know that I'm fighting for our country against this dictator. And I let them know that I'm a Jew. And um, that's why they gave him that nickname. The fighting Jew. Maybe we'll call this podcast Dan Horowitz, the fighting Jew. Yeah. Do you think you follow in his tradition as a fighter? I mean, I know you're you're a fighter. You you love to you love to rumble in the courtrooms. Yeah. I also know that you're pretty tough in person. I know you're mean. You're mean as a snake. If you have to be, my father had to take over the family once his brother died. You know, 
cook for his father. His father was supporting four children. And I think that um, he raised me. He ra he didn't want me to be tough like his brother because he didn't want me to die like his brother did not have to die. His brother had three Purple Hearts, the last one for when he was killed. Wow. Yeah, the two before. Well, that's a hell of a story. I would need people to know when they hear Dan Horowitz, they owe oh, another Jewish lawyer. Why should I listen to him? They No, they do. You know the bias out there. Am I right or wrong? You're right. It's funny, though. When I was young, people wanted a Jewish lawyer. And, and <laughs> well, because they thought we were oppressed and that we knew how to fight and we would take on the government. And now it's it, the narrative has changed due to funding from from certain groups. No, it's because so many liberals are Jewish who have given the Jewish people a black eye, in my opinion. I, you know, it hurts me when you say that. And you say that to me many times personally, but I don't disagree with you. Um, <laughs> it does hurt me to hear it. You what? It hurts me to hear it. No, but you know, what, yeah, because it's true. It's terribly true. Okay, well, I, don't I, I can name the names. I mean, you look at Adam Schiff, you look at Nadler, you look at some of these people that's going to make you throw up. They're not the worst of them. You know, well, who's that guy whose son died? And I felt so bad for him. With the cancer, the guy with the cancer, he's the worst. Why? He's self-hating. You don't, you don't have to apologize for who you are. You know, I, I, my dad, you know, my, my mom died. My mom died on the 23rd. And you're in, you're right now. Friend. You're in, you're in New Jersey because your mother just died this week. And I'm sorry to even take you away from the morning period it's okay because you know being with you first of all is takes away the morning I, I mean i called you right away anyway when it happened but i wanted to say one of their friends came over and and he's very pro-jewish and what he said was he said you know the palestinians and the jews are not so different and if the jews could talk to the palestinians and the palestinians could talk to the jew the more you talk the more you get common ground and he said now that's been ruined and i'm so upset uh, it's true. Conversation is conversation is the key to a, a mediation, as you yeah. well know. It's in coordination with the White House and Joe Biden because you can't win a campaign fairly, and uh, we're going through it. But it is indeed a terrible witch hunt. Let me see if I, as a layman, understand the strategy of those trying to destroy Donald Trump. Hit him with a thousand slashes, cut him with a thousand slashes, and eventually bleed to death. Right. Yes. And I think more fundamentally, it's exhausting to litigate. When I take a case, I always tell my clients, avoid me, avoid <laughs> my world, because it will suck the, the life out of you. And you know that. You've told you me in several major uh, junctions in my life that although I could have won in these cases, it would be too much stress on me and wouldn't be worth no matter what I won. Right. I mean... It, you know, you'd rather eat a hot dog with Donald Trump and just enjoy life than, <laughs> you know, go to war with idiots like me who get to force you to sit in a room for eight hours answering stupid questions. So they're trying to wear Donald Trump down. And I think it's working. You know, these attacks. Wait, wait, on stop him, right there. What do you, why do you think it's working? Because, you know, there there have been some sort of flubs on on the campaign trail where he says things that are a little bit not quite right now it happens to anybody on the campaign trail you know, even if you're you know 25 years old but if you're constantly in court and your brain is focusing on the minutia of this case and that case you just can't put it all together you physically break down mentally <laughs> and that's what they're doing to him savage the savage nation it's savage on demand
So they've hit him with federal and state charges um, in order to wear him down. He's a tough guy, but he's 78 years old and there's only so much anyone can take at any age. At any age, Michael, the, the 78, I don't think is the factor. One lawsuit alone is is devastating. And you know that. And no. I know that we've all been there. And, and I went through a lawsuit that was a rather straightforward lawsuit, straight in the contract. And the opposing idiot uh, took it all the way to the Supreme Court just to try and dra- drive me crazy. Correct. You won. And, you know, Laura Ingram is free because of you, because of that case. You know, if you watch her, that's because of Michael Savage. Otherwise, she was a prisoner of that corrupt organization. that you brought- <laughs> oh, God, Dan, you're the lawyer. You said it. OK. <laughs> uh well, the truth is, is that I won in the federal court by a federal judge appointed by Obama, no less. And and, 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 and the opposing individual appealed it anyway. What kind of system is this? Yeah, I mean, and she was strongly in your favor. I mean, you have to concede that even though she's an Obama appointee, she was fair. And, you know, Judge Lowell Jensen, who was appointed by Reagan to the bench, once said to me, Dan, it's a very political process to get on the district court bench. But he said, I'm going to tell you honestly, my colleagues, and I'm I'm just telling you this, Dan, really do try to be fair. He said they are who they are, and you can't change that. But well, that federal judge was, was fair right to me. Yeah, she was fair I'm to saying, me. But I, I guess I'm bringing this up because of what Trump's going through. So he's got federal cases. Um, the Georgia case is what, under a RICO statute? Yeah, it's a RICO statute. But that's and, that's and, the wrong it's the wrong application of RICO as well, isn't it? You know, I haven't looked at the charges. I actually posted on my website, um, you know, the, a link to the charges. They're so extensive and you could frame it as a RICO. You could frame it as a conspiracy. It doesn't have to be a RICO. What they're doing with the RICO is trying to bring in Rico brings in every piece of evidence in the world. You know, if Trump if Trump ate matzah, they would tie him to the Jewish conspiracy in Rico. <laughs> God, it, it, it opens the door. But the reason they did Rico is to bring in as many people as they could to flip them against Donald Trump by threatening them, right? And hearsay and all the sub all the sub conspiracies. Basically, once you've charged the Rico, every bit of evidence and every conspiratorial theory on earth. You know, I made the Jewish joke. I can make the right wing joke. Anything they want to throw at him, you know, if, if, if you know, they'll tie him to to the Russians. That'll come in. It, it opens the door to to unmitigated nonsense. And that's why they charge Rico. Well, how, well, so applying Rico where it doesn't apply, wouldn't that be a ground to dismiss a case? Well, you know, it may technically apply the Rico statute and Rudy Giuliani is is the leading expert in making rico work against the mafia has now been broadened to go against healthcare fraud conspiracies and and all sorts of it's really just a, a conspiracy on steroids with greatly increased penalties and like i said greatly reduced um evidentiary standards so anything gets thrown in rico means racketeering racketeer influence corrupt organization correct yeah so what's so how the could they apply organization? it how can they apply that to Donald Trump, who's a businessman? Well, I guess they'll, they'll try to say that the group that he formed was an informal organization to overthrow um, the Constitution or overthrow the government of the wow. United States. Unbelievable. They can get away with that. That's not really so much the issue. It's 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 just an indication that once they've opened the door, 
are they going to use prosecutorial discretion to use that open door fairly, or are they going to use it to get in anything they want and say, well, we can do that. It's RICO. You know, that's that's it's a question of ethics, which is why oh, the corruption in Georgia is such a big deal. So we're going to talk about the Georgia case in particular, because I think you, what you said in your article is how bad is the prosecution sex scandal by Daniel Horowitz, the Trump Georgia criminal case. And we'll discuss that in a minute. Oh, Lord, they're going to be mad when I call them out on this nonsense. First thing they say. Oh, she's going to play the race card now. But no, God, isn't it them who's playing the race card when they only question one? Isn't it them playing the race card when they constantly think, I need someone from some other jurisdiction in some other state to tell me how to do a job I've been doing almost 30 years. It seems to me that... um has Fannie Willis now basically destroyed her own right to represent the state of Georgia against Trump? I think, I think so. And she's, you know, I just got to hit on this point right now. If anybody thinks that there's racism involved in this, what she said was there are three prosecutors on the case, two white and one black, and they're only going after him because of his race. And I want to make a point. What? Um, that's what she said. That's that's her argument. That it's racially based, not conduct based. Wait, wait a minute. I don't understand. She said it's racially based. Yeah, that's her big defense right now. That they're oh, going. You mean, wait, the case against her? Against him? Again, not against her. There's. She's not taking her race in, into account, and 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 I don't care what her race is. She is saying that because her boyfriend is black and the other two people are white, she appointed all three, but they're only picking on him. Because oh, of his race. Which is nonsense. Well, here's the thing. If they were similarly situated and the public or the lawyers only went against him, the black guy, she would be totally correct. But can I point out just for the record, Your Honor, one <laughs> difference between the black guy, her boyfriend, and the other two. And I already made the point ob- obvious. She's not sleeping with the other two. If she was sleeping with all three of them, and we only picked on the black guy, that would be racist. I see. But unless I see why you're such a good lawyer. I see why you're such a good lawyer and why I use you in my life. So Michael, if I had her on the stand, I'd say, are are they similarly situated? Are you sleeping with the other two? I'd ask her right in front of a jury. That would be fun. Savage. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Trump Georgia criminal case is what we're talking about with uh, ace attorney Daniel Horowitz. So you're saying the prosecution, the prosecutor sex scandal is much bigger than it may appear. So let's begin by asking this question, Mr. H. Trump co-defendant Michael Roman, a former Trump campaign official, filed a motion seeking to have the entire Georgia indictment dismissed as, quote, invalid and unconstitutional and Willis's office disqualified from further proceedings in court filings, Roman alleged Willis and Wade were in a romantic relationship and that Wade had used some of the more than $650,000 he earned from his work for her. Wow. To pay for vacations for the two of them. Although headlines focus on the sex scandal between Willis and Wade, you assert that the romantic relationship is not the actual accusation. 
Could you explain what Roman's attorney argued in the filing? Yeah. I mean, Michael, I don't think in, in this day and age, we really care who she sleeps with or not. That's irrelevant. It's and correct. they could even have a relationship. And if it didn't affect this case in any way, I wouldn't care. It's, it's her business. And the difference is this. She's not just sleeping with this guy. I looked at his website and he's been accused of being unqualified for this position that's obviously earning him a huge amount of money. I looked at his website and I ran some of my website analytics software to see what kind of people go to his website. And people don't go to his website who have big cases. His biggest cases are going to be like drunk drivings, um, you know, petty thefts. He's a small level criminal lawyer. He does mostly personal injury cases. And then he advertises that he is a a judge, a, a, a sometimes judge. He calls it a, 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 pro, a, a has hoc judge, that, which is actually the wrong term. In Georgia, you can be a pro hoc judge. He calls himself a has something. He doesn't know the right word. <laughs> but it's just basically, I don't know. Yeah, a has hoc judge. Okay. Yeah. That could open it's up a, a number of jokes, but I'm not zero mustel, so we won't do them. Yeah, I should have, yeah. But and and so and he's been a, like a traffic court judge. He's a, he's run for real judge and been turned down by the voters. So he's so, a low level uh, lawyer in Georgia who's uh, having a, a relationship with Fannie Willis. She's funneling six hundred and fifty grand. Where does that money come from? It comes from the state. Georgia has a pretty active hiring private lawyers to do prosecution system. So that's not so unusual. But think about it this way. If he looked at this, a, a real prosecutor, right? I started in Alameda County. I'm in Contra Costa County. I work with real prosecutors. I mean, people, I, I just talked on the phone for half an hour for some prosecutor I knew for 40 years. And we talked about this case. And he said, you know, Dan, I didn't care what the cops wanted when I looked at a case for charging. If I didn't like it, I threw it out. If they wanted to talk to me about it, they could. But I was going to do what's right. Do you think that if your girlfriend puts you on the biggest case in, in in the nation just about and you're going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars that you're going to look at the case objectively and say nah this shouldn't be charged you know it, it's wrong I, I now understand you know that i represent the people of georgia i represent justice mm -hmm. i have a lot of power as a prosecutor and i'm going to use it properly sorry president trump um, we were wrong and I'm, I'm willing to tell the public he would never do that where i come from some of the prosecutors really would do that and I have had cases dismissed once they went forward because I was able to talk to the prosecutors honestly, and they agreed with me. Um, this, that would never happen with this type of um, sexual relationship and monetary incentive. How have Wade and Willis financially benefited from this prosecution? Is it by taking state money and funneling it to, to him, which they use for each other's vacations and such? That's the obvious one. But think about every aspect of this career wise. Here's a guy whose career was basically nothing. He kept trying to advance. He couldn't advance. You know how he formed this relationship. Was it opportunistic? Is he basically a gigolo or is he greatly in love <laughs> after he fell in love with his wife? I don't know. But it sure does take him from obscurity to fame in the blink of an eye. So they're benefiting from the from the from the money that they're that they're breaking in from the state and she's funneling to him. 
money, fame. I mean, the book that they're going to write. Oh. And if he gets a conviction, he's going to be the darling of of um, the Democratic left. And, and Dan, you write that there's a fundamental error made in the selection of Wade as a prosecutor. Uh, I think you've just explained why this is a disservice to the defendants, but also to the public just now. You also write that there may be a focus on the violation of federal due process of law. What does that mean? Well, this gets very technical. Um, uh, there are two types of violations. One is structural, where the referee is so corrupt or the jurors are so corrupt. It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to say it, it, no harm, no foul. We're throwing this case out. Um, the case, this case, this Georgia case kind of frames up as Trump is entitled to fairness. It seems like it stinks, like it's a rotten fish um, coming into the courtroom on the side of the prosecution. But if you just get rid of these, this corrupt guy, this, this, this rat, and leave the other two in, no harm, no foul. The other two are ethical prosecutors, which I'm sure they are, actually. Um, and, and the case can go forward. Or you could look at the structural error and say, no, wait a minute, the charging, the charging is wrong. You've interviewed and, 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 and flipped six, seven, eight witnesses um, who were charged, and now they're going to testify. The, the stink goes from the head to the tail of this fish. Um, you, you can't cure it. And two honest prosecutors are not going to fix the harm that's been done. So there is a legal issue that's technical, but I think either way, it's for the average person listening to you and I discussing the Trump Georgia criminal case with Fannie Willis, who was out to get him with, no matter what it takes. And she she now has a boyfriend who she's funneling money to. Uh, what is he doing for her, by the way? Is he what is actually what's his what's his role in this? He's the lead. He's 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 the captain of the ship. He's the lead outside prosecutor for the state. Yeah, he's making the calls. He's running the show. All right. He, so let's say she has yeah. the right to pick who she wants, even though even someone she's having a romantic relationship with. But she's benefiting from the money he's getting in the fact that they share some of the benefits he's receiving through vacations. Isn't that the issue? That's the corruption issue. But I'm more concerned with the um, not the financial corruption, but the corruption of the process. And she is politically geared to convicting Trump. I mean, why this? The, how many states do we have now? 50? How many have charged Trump with anything? One? Well, well, wait, uh, New York that, state is also. Well, with that money, with that with cockamamie financial, you know, like banks are too stupid and they're going to lend money because Donald Trump. By the way, what's going to happen with that case since none of the banks lost money? <laughs> they made money. And I mean, that case is so silly because I don't care what I say. If I want to borrow money on a car and I have like, you know, a, a 1991 Honda and I tell the bank, lend me $100,000 because it's a classic Honda, they're going to send an appraiser who's going to say no. So Trump can say Mar-a-Lago is worth a billion dollars. Do you think the bank's going to say, OK, thank you, Donald Trump. I'm going to lend you a billion dollars. Nobody was fooled. They wanted to lend to Donald Trump because it made them look good and it, and it got them other business. But what about that, that, that crazy run. judge in New York, just shifting states for a minute? He is so biased. He's like out of a bad, a combination of a bad Soviet era prosecutor, number one, a, a corrupt judge in the Soviet era. And number two, like a bad Woody Allen movie. It, it's more like a bad Woody Allen movie. I mean, the guy is look looks like a crazy man. Going back to our first point together slash with a thousand killing with a thousand slashes. 
they know most of these cases are on very thin ice and they're going to collapse on appeal, but they know they can wear Trump down by hitting them with so many hitting him with so many cases. Right. Right. When I talk to people who are anti-Trump and vehemently so on the legal issues, lawyers, I never hear them explain technically why the cases are correct. I just hear them say he deserves it. He's a bad guy. And, you know, I don't even want to want to say it. it's like they really just want to go punch him in the face because they're so angry. They just want to hurt him. And I don't favor using the legal system to hurt people I don't like. I mean, my cousin, Marty Garbus, the great left wing icon, defended the Nazis right to march in a town filled with concentration camp survivors. And he hated those people. Marty wanted to punch them in the face. But he understands that if you can't defend the Constitution all the time and you let it be hijacked by little prosecutors in Georgia who hire their boyfriends or angry judges in New York to go after Trump, then we can't have a fair election. Well, that's why people have lost faith in the legal system. This is what it's doing. At the end of the day, let's say half the country voted for Trump. A large percentage of them are watching these cases and saying, I don't trust the legal system at all now. The whole system looks looks rotten to them as it was. It was not trusted. Now it's now it's beyond not trusted. They know it's completely bent. That's why, Michael, I want to see comments on 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 this show where left wing Democrats, where pro Biden Democrats say you're right. I think that the voting system should decide who becomes president, not not Ms. Willis in Georgia. I want to see people join together supporting the Constitution as American. Savage. Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation. A savage republic inside the plot to destroy America lays out the threats we face, prepare you for what's next, and offer solutions to save our republic. Please wake up and fight back before it is too late. You can buy it right now on Amazon or on bondsandnoble.com. A Savage Republic, Inside the Plot to Destroy America by Michael Savage. Thank you for listening. Share it with five others. Well, did you may want it and I may want it, but we're so far away from that place in America today that all the rest of us who are not in the legal system do everything we can to avoid getting anywhere near it, truthfully. We don't expect justice anywhere. It, it seems you can, it's all a political game now. It's been You're a criminal defense attorney in California, right? White collar yes. crime. That's your main area, right? It's are your area. cases political at the end of the day or not political? They're political, but not in a way to get somebody for no reason. For example, if there's a big focus, for example, with the FBI on certain types of medical fraud, durable you know, medical equipment. And that is a political process. Certain counties get money to charge fraud cases. But that, that's politics in the normal sense. But the idea that they don't like somebody's politics and yet he keeps winning which is infuriating to the people in power. So they torment the legal system, twist the legal system to hurt him personally. That is, I wouldn't say it's unprecedented, Uh, but we're seeing it focused on Donald Trump in ways that I have never seen in my 40 years of practice. You said it's not unprecedented. Has Has American law ever been this biased? I think during the McCarthy era, there was 
an abuse of the system on, on this scale. And I think if you went back historically, you know, scholars could give you other examples of this. But I don't think it's ever been focused with so much support from the general public. Given the internet, television, and, and the way we communicate so much, a lot of the persecutions in the past were hidden or were exposed only in the newspapers. No one can deny that what's being done to Donald Trump is personal and designed to hurt him politically. And, and for people to stand by and say, well, I hate him, or, you know, he's a mean, he's going to take over the country, so we have to file ridiculous charges against him and, and abuse the system. I resent that. I disagree with it. And it is, um, it's a fascist mentality. You may say you're on the left and the right is fascist. Guess what? Fascist is just a word. What you're doing is wrong. And I'll put, I don't know the phrase, how to characterize it from the left, the right. You can't use the government to attack individuals politically. We are adding uh, more razor wire as we speak right now to uh, make sure that we are doing even more to secure the border. Uh, it, we are going to make it uh, impossible to enter Texas illegally. So you're a legal expert on, on criminal law. So I'm going to talk with you now about another topic, which is the fight between the state of Texas and the federal government over immigration. And I, I went into my own book on page 189 to 193, Dan, where I wrote, states can regulate immigration. People don't know that. Immigration enforcement is not specifically delegated to the federal government in the Constitution. James Madison himself said it was a power, quote, nowhere delegated, unquote, and that the federal government only started regulating immigration after the Supreme Court, quote, discovered it was a federal power like they have so many others. So in this battle between Governor Abbott and you should say Joe Biden, how, how do you think this will play out? Is there going to be a war? Are we going to see federal troops firing on state National Guard? Uh, well, first of all, I, I, I can't I can't resist doing this, Michael. There is another talk show host with a squeaky voice who pretends to know about the Constitution <laughs> and the laws. And he says the same you know, six things over and over. You are not a lawyer. But what you just said was so nuanced and so, I don't, so erudite. I don't even know where you get this, but your books are filled with really great legal insights. So I have to say that I created a war and I'm sorry, but it's true. No, it's no war. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. It's in my book, a, a, a Savage Republic. And I don't think people even knew this. My kids read your books and they learn so much. They're poisoned in school. Although right now, my, actually, my son has a great history teacher who knows everything. But before that, they were poisoned and I made him read your books to cure them. Um, but in any case, your question is, is a good one. I look at the state of Texas as a house. OK, and I, I think about the expression, get out of my house. Now, in prison, when one prisoner goes into another prisoner's cell and gets him angry, the prisoner says, get out of my house, even though it's just a little cell and they have to get out or bad things happen. Texas is a house. People are coming into the house, Texas. Mm -hmm. They can't say, no, don't come into my house. They can't put the door up and lock it because mm -hmm. the federal government says no. As I understand it, the barbed wire was on Texas soil. They can't build the Alamo right on the border. It, it is crazy to me. But Dan, it's the same in San Francisco. These animals are going and, 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 and ripping stores of everything they want. If the store owner steps in, the store owner goes to jail. Oh, I'm going to tell another Michael Savage story. It's a true story, folks. 
Um, you know, people attack Michael. Oh, he's anti-immigrant, anti-Muslim, all this stuff. Nonsense. It's a lie. And I'm going to tell us this is the first time I'm telling it. There was a store owner in San Francisco who was constantly being burglarized or robbed by a group of people who would come in, say, screw you, we're going to do what we want. And every time he went to the police, they would ignore him. <laughs> and this was a person of the Muslim faith, very religious, and he was charged with a crime because one day he got angry at them, went out and shot his gun into their car to drive them away. And he was losing the case. Oh. And nobody would, would support him. And he needed a lot of money for a good private lawyer. Guess who, out of his own pocket, came up with a very large amount of money to defend this man? Who? It was Michael Savage. You. It was what? you. How? Yes. When? When was this? It was about five, six years ago. I have no recollection of this. Okay. Well, it was a lot of money. And when they found out that I was coming in the case... Um, to help the guy, they, they dismissed the charges. I'll come up with the paperwork on it. That's because, an amazing story, Dan. I don't even know who was the who was the, the owner of the. I can't say anymore. This is the most I can say. Does but, he even know me? No, you just knew about the story and it made you angry. <laughs> That's it. Truth, justice in the American way. Super Mike. Yeah, it was great. Oh, my God. Well, it just shows you, you know, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. I didn't uh, even know that I had sent money to you to support this guy uh, in that case. But, Dan, you know, our state of California, how many times have I been on the verge of leaving as much as it's hard for me to go and get out of here? There's going to be a breaking point where I will have to leave the state. How much can the people take of letting their houses, to use your analogy, be broken into and not be able to defend themselves because the psychopaths in in sacramento say uh-uh you can't pick up a gun and defend yourself even though your house has just been broken into how long can we take this well it's yeah it raises a few issues i mean san francisco is is just physically disgusting i i remember once it rained and i i didn't have my good shoes i was going to court down by civic center and the water was running brown oh and stop going, oh my good it's true this is disgusting but somebody has to say it and then other times I, I won't let my kids go to the park in front of of city hall because i'm afraid of needles you know they have people going around with little things and they pick up needles out of the bushes then they put them in, in disposables that's the great san francisco where you used to walk around to the restaurants and talk to people me i loved it you did that i love this city i moved here for the city no other reason i love the architecture i love the weather uh, i described in my novel um abuse of power where jack walks up on russian hill and looks down at the bay in the winter and he said the bay is china blue is how he described it there's nothing more beautiful in the winter than when the sun comes back out and the color of the water uh, I love the, the 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 atmosphere. I love the architecture. I love old North Beach. There are pockets of the city, by the way, that are still quite livable. I have a friend that goes to the symphony. And my friend says it's safe now that they've driven most of the bums down to Market Street and put them in a pocket on Market Street. They don't let them near the symphony hall. Apparently, they've moved to hold on to the cultural center, Dan. Well, you know, whatever they did when, um, when they had that big Chinese... Um, Asian conference here in San Francisco, let them understand that they can clean up the streets for a while. Yeah. And, and that's good. They did. Well, the, uh, Diane Feinstein did that 30 years ago during a Democrat national convention. She cleaned all of the homeless off the streets 
so that the people coming from the airport would not see them. And it was right out of the Soviet Union. So they did this again for the recent conference a few months ago when the the, the communist dictator came to town. Right. They cleaned it up. Yeah. Feinstein was was a tough. She was a tough cookie. Who? Diane Feinstein. She was a tough cookie. I, I like Diane. Well, she must have been more than a tough cookie. She also knew where her fortune cookies lie. Also. Well, you can't, you know, you, you got to be powerful. She had a, a Chinese driver for 30 years. What was he doing in the car? Yeah. Dan Horowitz. Okay. We talked about the Georgia criminal case against Trump. We talked about Trump's cases in general. We talked about the law. We talked about San Francisco. Are there any other topics since we're together uh, on this podcast that you think are worth discussing, whether it be criminal law? Uh, you know, I've encouraged you to write a book about your most interesting cases. We can even tease that right now for the when the time comes. You know, you've told me some of them. You want to spend two minutes telling me some of the craziest cases you've ever had as a white collar criminal defense attorney? No, the, the crazy ones are not the white collar ones. I mean, uh, OK, I'll tell you, this is a, an endearing story to me. I don't know if it's endearing to everyone else, but I, used, I represented um, this fellow named Lurch, a wonderful guy. He was known as an enforcer for the Oakland Hells Angels, a stand-up, died-in-the-wool Hells Angel um, right from the beginning, friends with Sonny Barger. And I had my office in Oakland right above a gay bar. It was the largest gay bar in, <laughs> in all of the East Bay. And I was their lawyer, and it was open for lunch, and they had wonderful burritos, and you get drinks. And you know, Lurch was up in my office talking. I was just getting to know him. And I had this image of the Hells Angels, like everyone else, tough guys, anti-gay, this strong, uh, whatever. My, I don't even really know anything about the Hells Angels, except that they're a motorcycle club, not a gang. And so I'm talking to Lurch about a family law issue, divorce issue. And I said, well, let's go get lunch. We'll have a drink downstairs. And so we're downstairs. He's in his full colors. He's got his long hair and, 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 and he's got his knife and weapons, whatever. You know, he was he was known for being the headless horseman going with a sword on his motorcycle if he didn't like you. And so we're sitting down there, we're having drinks and the food's brought by. And all of a sudden he says to me, hey, Dan. Oh, yeah. He says, is this a gay bar? And all of a sudden I'm going, oh, I just brought a Hells Angel enforcer to a gay bar. Now I'm in trouble. And I looked at him and he said, yeah, it is. And he looked back at me and he said, that's cool. Savage. Michael Savage, a host like no other. This case, this is a case of first impressions that I have said from day one is destined for the Supreme Court. Pete Navarro was sentenced to four months in prison of criminal contempt of Congress. He's the second Trump aide to face penalties related to one of the chief investigations into January 6th. Can you believe this? Right. Criminal contempt of Congress? That's you know, crazy. He's a good man, Dan. It, he, was a, he was a trade advisor to, to Donald Trump. It, it's scary to see Pete. I mean, he's January 74 years old. Yeah. Two misdemeanor counts of criminal contempt of Congress. The judge overseeing the case, Amit P. Mita, 
rejected Navarro's primary defense that Mr. Trump had personally directed him not to cooperate with the subpoena and that he believed he was shielded by executive privilege. The judge said it's not it's not a get out of jail free card. What kind of system is this? It's an interesting system because certainly executive privilege does not permit you to keep your mouth shut if there was a crime in Washington. You do have to talk about it. On the other hand, it's frightening when a, a judge can breach executive privilege or, or tell you to breach it and the penalty is you're imprisoned. I mean, I have a rule, which is I will never testify against a client. I don't care if it has attorney-client privilege or not. You know, it, I'm just shutting the door. I'm, I'm more a priest than a lawyer. Um, he is in you're a not Judas. You're not Judas priest, are you? <laughs> no, no. Good one. But it's it's a tough issue when when the government says all of these rules of confidentiality are gone. In your case, you have to talk because once you talk, you know, the, the barn door is open and. You don't know what you're unleashing. If Navarro speaks, who's going to speak next? And maybe he should speak. I'm not saying that the judge is wrong, but it's just a slippery slope um, when when people when the president can't speak. Comfortably, Michael, one thing I realize is when presidents speak to foreign leaders, there's always somebody there taking notes. And I didn't know that for a long time, that you don't ever really have private conversations with foreign leaders. So Trump can't meet with with Putin and say, you know what, I may drop a nuke on you, you son of a gun. Don't you know, don't be a wise guy because that gets written down and it, it, could, um, it would get leaked. Mm. Uh, and I don't like that either. I, I think that I'm, I'm a big believer in privacy for government officials in particular so that they can do what they need to do. Dan Horowitz, uh, my sympathy to you during this time of uh, sorrow in, uh, for the death of your wonderful mother and uh, my regards to your father and your family. And uh, I hope to see you when you come back, Dan. Thank you, Michael. You will. You will. Savage. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.